You are listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This community talk show airs live on the last programming day of each month on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in the tech space offices in Costa Mesa, California. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs of middle market firms, to learn more about the nonprofit organizations serving the needs of Orange County and our global residents. It's great pleasure for me today because I have two guests here in the studio. Our first guest is the Executive Director of the Heritage Museum of Orange County. She is Candace Cromie. Candace, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Richard. And our second guest is the Director of Development, Jim Eckel. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. And let's just set it straight. You can call me Rick from here on okay. out, okay? <laughs> Candace, I want to start with you, and then, Jim, uh, maybe you can add to this as well. But, Candace, can you tell us a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to the Heritage Museum of Orange County? I'd be delighted. I actually have always been in a for-profit world and uh, about five years ago I was in a position to be closing my business and looking for a position that was going to give me an opportunity to give back to my community. So I was looking for a new job and a new career path and I started working at the Heritage Museum as a event and venue salesperson and after about a year and a half I became the executive director and I couldn't be happier. So was it the right move to go from the for-profit to the non-profit? Oh, completely. Uh, it's just a wonderful experience to be able to reach out to the community and ask for their help and be part of the community in a different way. So yes. it's just wonderful. And we're going to talk about the, more about the Heritage Museum of Orange County. It is such a cherished part of our history, and hopefully we're going to be able to bring that to life for those of you that are listening in our audience. Jim, I don't want to leave you out. Tell us a no little problem. bit about your background that sort of predates and your role now in development for the Heritage Museum of Orange well, County. certainly, Rick. My uh, background includes uh, business financial planning. I'm a CFP by, by trade. Previously to coming working as a volunteer with the Heritage Museum, I was uh, director of plan giving for a major institution, nonprofit in San Diego. And um, when that ended, I uh, was asked by uh, Candace to come on board in October with a specific project in mind. That project was to restore the Mag Farmhouse. And we're going to be talking about that. We are. And development is such an important part for small or mid-sized nonprofit organizations, isn't it? Because it's the lifeblood for anything new and improving that you want to do for the organization. Very much so. I mean, the Heritage Museum has been there for over 30-some-odd years, and uh, we've been serving the community since 1985 with regards to tour programs and so forth. And what business development does is to increase the visibility and awareness of the museum and what it does for the community to the community itself. Right. So we get more and more individuals involved, hopefully some individuals that are with corporations, uh, CEOs that are very much connected to get us on get on board with us and hopefully provide some assistance uh, to our nonprofit. 
All right, so let's let's we've been talking around it, but for those who may not know or may know of the Heritage Museum of Orange County, but don't know it as the Heritage Museum of Orange County, Candace is the executive director. Can you share with us a bit about what is on the property for the Heritage Museum of Orange County? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, we have about uh, 12 acres on the property. We have two federally protected wetlands. We have some Victorian homes, one of which has been wonderfully restored, and it's really the, the main showcase piece of our pro- of our property currently, and we do about 18,000 students a year through the property as um, and tours from their schools. And uh, we have a working blacksmith shop, one of the two within Orange County. We have the we are the home of the Orange County Blacksmith Guild. And these things that we showcase at our museum are really about the early 1900s and our history there, the agricultural history of Orange County, and why that why Orange County is what it is today. So, the early 1900s. So there were people in Orange County in the early 1900s. <laughs> they probably weren't living in the residence like we are living in now. So uh, it's a period piece, then, what you're saying is the Heritage Museum. It, it is. We are a step back in time. It's a, it's a very serene place when you walk on the property. We have orange groves and beautiful rose gardens and quite a bit of just a wonderful walking space, and it's quiet, and it. It's really a step back in time. We the Victorian homes that are there are from the 1890s, and that time period in Orange County was all about uh, farming and agriculture, orange groves, lima bean fields, all the things that made Orange County um, it what it was in the in that time period. So um, we're just so proud to be able to capture that that time period and, and maintain it for the rest of the uh, count, residents of Orange County. 18,000 students annually come through. I told you before we went on the air that my wife and I still have the picture of our daughter who dressed up in in, in time, time period clothing, and she was so cute, and it was just so cute to have. Talk to me a little bit about the age of the students and why are schools bringing students to the Heritage Museum of Orange County? Our students are primarily uh, kindergarten through fourth grade, and we meet all of the California standards for social studies and uh, some science curriculum. And, and it's, so, it's just a wonderful opportunity for the students to get out of the classroom and learn in a different way. They actually get to experience history rather than to just read it in a book. And we do things like make butter and wash clothes on a washboard, try on Victorian clothes. We get a visit to the blacksmith shop. And so those are things that students don't typically get to see. And it's just a, a different kind of learning that they can all do and uh, really takes them out of the classroom. So I have about two minutes until our first commercial break here on Critical Mass. And I, I just, I guess as I was learning and listening to you, what was the initiation or origination of the Heritage Museum of Orange County? In other words, who, how did it get started? Whose idea was it? Uh, it actually was a collaboration between some students, or excuse me, some teachers of the Santa Ana Unified School District and some city of Santa Ana employees. And there was property that was available that had been given to the school district to always be used for educational purposes, and it was vacant land. And so these individuals got together and decided that they were going to create a space for learning in a hands-on environment about history, science, and nature. 
And so that was the genesis of the project. Were the buildings on the property when they... They were not. It, was, it had been farmland, and both of the Victorian homes that are on the, on the property were moved there from other wow. parts of Orange County. Wow, that's pretty serious. You know, uh, I'm from back east, and you, when you, uh, Pittsburgh, and when you think of history, you don't think of California as mm-hmm. having a lot of history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to Europe, and you see what history really is, and then maybe <laughs> you go to Asia or somewhere, and you go, oh, okay, this is even older. And then you come back to California, and you go, well, this is pretty modern. So to be able to have and preserve some space for us to go back and see how people lived in our county, what? 200 years ago, 100 and some years ago, right? 100, over 100 years okay, ago, over 100, easily. Between 100 and 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really helps, I think, for people to understand how hardy those individuals must have been, right? That's correct. This is It's a pleasant place to be when you have air conditioning and all the things we have today. None of that, from what I remember, is at the Heritage <laughs> Museum of Orange That's County. That's correct. All right. all right. We're going to take our first commercial break here on the nonprofit version of Critical Mass Radio Show. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more about the Mag Farmhouse. I know that we talked about that earlier. Jim, you brought that up. So Candace and Jim, we're going to talk about that. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in less than three minutes here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. There's something unique. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who have downloaded our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station OCTalkRadio.net 
or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, it gives me great pleasure. We're focusing here in the first segment on the Heritage Museum of Orange County. Candace Cromie, the Executive Director, and Jim Eckel, the Director of Development, are my guests in the studio. Before the break, I touched on the fact that we wanted to talk on the new project you're working on, which Jim mentioned in the first segment, the MAG Farmhouse. Candace, can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, we've actually had the home on the property for about 30 years. It's never been renovated on the inside, and it's a 6,000-square-foot home that's just crying out to be used, and it will be the perfect space for us to have exhibits and different kinds of uh, activities at the museum that we currently don't have space for. for it. So it's just going to be a wonderful addition to the museum. How does it differ from your other homes that are on the site? Uh, it's really, it's a country home. It was the home of John Mag. He was a very prominent orange grower, and he had a very large family. He had 10 children. Uh, so the home is large. It's 6,000 square feet. It was built in 1899 for $10,000, which was, was which was quite a fortune in those days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it has wonderful large rooms and uh, just would be a perfect place for exhibits. I wouldn't think of a of a, a Victorian home of that t- time period to be that large. That must have been something special for them to be able to build it. And mm-hmm. um, Are there any special exhibits or anything else that you're planning that will be in there? for people to see, Jim? Matter of fact, there is. Um, why this is, creates so much urgency to get this house restored at this time is the fact that a couple of uh, years ago, that's about 18 months ago, uh, Candace was at a California Associated Museum show, and at the show there was a Smithsonian representative, and the Smithsonian representative was looking for museums to uh, possibly host a future uh, Smithsonian exhibit. So Candace applied, and uh, she won. Uh, Congratulations. Smithsonian exhibit called Journey Stories. And the Journey Stories exhibit will be coming to our Heritage Museum at the end of September. And it'll be here from six weeks, from the first part of October to mid-November. So we've got to get our house ready, if you will, to be a proper host for Journey Stories. Wow. Okay. Well, that should put some urgency into the uh, organization, huh? It does. It does. Well, that's exciting. Anything else you'd like to share about it? Well, I think once that uh, exhibit is is gone, then we actually will have this wonderful place to do other kinds of exhibits. And we've been contacted by other museums and organizations that have traveling exhibits that they would love a place to to show them. And so we would be that wonderful place. Right. And... And so I'm going off script here a little bit, but I'm curious: are there other are there is there are there associations for nonprofits that are historical in nature, like the Heritage Museum of Orange County, say for in California, you know, other counties and cities that have historical uh, landmarks like that? Are there any associations for you guys to collaborate? I mean, the Smithsonian, everyone knows Mm -hmm. the Smithsonian, but I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering more locally: are there? Um, Yes, there is, and actually the company that's bringing the the smithsonian exhibit to us the journey stories is actually an organization called exhibit envoy and they are part of they they're funded by the california state humanities council and they they handle all kinds of wonderful traveling exhibits historical natural history and so we will be working closely with them as well as we've been contacted by the holocaust museum Mm. uh we've also been contact we have another exhibit that's we currently have it's um about 
Uh, in the 1940s, there was actually a, a really prominent desegregation case in the Cal- in California history, we, and we have that uh, waiting in the wings to be showcased at the museum as well. So Great. we have some things coming. Thank you. And this is a total tangent, but um, the last time I was there, my wife and I were marvel- marveling at the beauty of the properties, just, mm-hmm. just the way that's landscaped and what you have. Do people hold events, weddings, or any of that kind of thing happen at the We have lots of those kinds of things. Uh, We are a wonderful venue for weddings, and it is one of our major resources for funding. Uh, We don't want to be considered only a a venue for weddings, but it is, unfortunately, in these times, we have to look at ways to earn money, and that is something that we can do to help improve our bottom line. Right. So anybody that's listening in the audience that maybe has a son or daughter that's getting married in the future mm-hmm. may want to consider the Heritage Museum mm-hmm. of Orange County as a possible venue, especially if they're looking to have, I think, an outdoor, right? Exactly. Yeah, beautiful outdoor venue. We are venue. an outdoor venue. Yeah, yes, so that's correct. A lot of people like to get married outside. And, so. and just to add, we have, uh, over, we have seven educational programs that are available on the site okay. uh, from fifth grade, focusing on social studies, history, and the arts. Okay. Probably not during the reception, though. We, we, you wouldn't no. be doing that. That's not a part <laughs> of the deal, is it? Okay. Outside you get married here, but you got to go through right. the butter. Make your own butter. Right. Make your butter first. <laughs> Bridesmaid, get over there and make some butter. Out of butter. No, I'm just kidding. We wouldn't do that. We'd make the grooms do it anyway. Um, so, Candace, I wonder if you could share, you know, you've had a lot of for-profit, now non-profit experience. You have leadership experience. Mm-hmm. Do you have a guiding principle that you're using as you lead and grow the Heritage Museum of Orange um, County? You know, I think the biggest thing that I've learned through my, my tenure of, of working is that life deal sends you a lot of challenges, and the best way you can deal with those challenges is being flexible. And because of the kind of organization we are, flexibility is really important, and always looking to find the correct answer. So I, I really look, know that there's no roadblocks. Uh, we just have to keep looking for the correct answer. And that's a transferable experience from for-profit to non-profit, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it really is. There's, there's a lot that can be applied from the for-profit world into the non-profit, which is really helped by having a professional board, right? A board of people that exactly. are invested in helping the, comp- helping the organization move forward and realize their dreams. That's How are you doing on your board? We're always looking for wonderful new board right members. Answer. All right. We're gonna, and we're going to give out how people can find out about it. So if there's any listeners out there who are predisposed to wanting to be involved in nonprofit boards, the Heritage Museum of Orange County may be the one if you're into history and kind of that connection to the county. And education. And education. And preserving the past. And preserving the past. Most you, definitely. Candace mentioned challenges. And, Jim, I'm wondering, is the responsible for the development mm-hmm. aspect of the Heritage Museum mm-hmm. of Orange County, can you share with us maybe current challenges that you're facing at the museum and what you're well, doing about it? Well, right now the um, the museum's uh, biggest challenge is visibility and awareness, and shows like yours, Rick, will always do a, a good uh, will help us right. to uh, do to uh, get the get the word out there, uh, gain more visibility. But I'd like to say development, especially nonprofit development, is always something that is uh, sort of like a, a series of disappointments occasionally interrupted with a success. <laughs> and anybody Sounds who's like listening sales. who's in the nonprofit development field will appreciate that comment because it's true. Right. And what one has to do is just keep going, keep going, keep going, because it's that last person you talk to is going to give you the relationship that you need to start to and to cultivate that relationship and hopefully get a you know a gift from that relationship. And then after that, then what you do is you steward that relationship. Right. So these are, you know, terms of the nonprofit world that uh, are very very similar to the uh, for-profit as relates to uh, going out and seeking business. But, you know, 
what we're we're looking for is most mainly uh, donations. And the donations comes from individuals. It comes from corporations, uh, grants, private foundations, community foundations. All of those uh, can, uh, of course, make a contribution to the Heritage Museum. Right. And a term that I learned um, from, uh, I know, a mutual good friend of ours, Carol Stone, social enterprise, finding ways for nonprofits to create revenue streams that are independent of a donor base that you control, that kind of are predictable. Has the Heritage Museum of Orange County, have you been able to find social enterprise ways to drive? It sounds like renting the facility for weddings is a perfect social enterprise activity, right? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's about half our revenue overall. Okay. So it is a huge part of what we That's do. That's impressive. Half. That's a it big is. number. And and by opening up the um, the Mag Farmhouse into a cultural center, that'll present even more opportunities sure. for you know parties and fundraisers and dinners because the house is has a, it has a kitchen and we have plans in phase two to turn it into our turn our kitchen into a commercial kitchen. Oh wow! So we can have lots of par- hosted parties and. Yeah, events, events yeah, and themed events, themed I can events, see that. and so, so forth. So, talking about that, you brought it back up, Jim, which is great. Uh, you're talking about the Mag Farmhouse. What do you see as far as a celebration when you have the grand reopening of it? Well, I I see my I close my close my eyes, I see uh, a ribbon about ten feet long with a great big scissors, mm. and we have uh, the notary or the literary of the Orange County, uh, maybe some supervisors some uh, politicians and business leaders in front of that, all cutting the ribbon and welcoming the Smithsonian Museum to the Heritage Museum and the Meg Farmhouse. Well, I just want to say here on the radio, when that happens, please invite me. I'll be happy to come and cover it. I go to those events. I get audio. I interview people that are there, and then we come back, and we'll do another segment on the radio show discussing what just happened that evening for people who aren't able to make it. So that's my offer to you, okay? Thank you so much. I love it. love the cover. Thank you, Rick. Okay, we have about three minutes left here on the program. So, Candace, I just want to ask you, can you talk about the future of the Heritage Museum of Orange County? What we're going to have you back in a couple of years. What's going to be different, bigger, added to it? Oh, I think the the biggest difference will be that the Mag Farmhouse will be open, and we will actually be able to really do a lot more things that most people would consider museum business. Things like the exhibits and um, other cultural events, even poetry readings or. Authors could come and t- discuss their latest works, those kinds of things that are so important to our culture and improving our life in a way that you don't get from TV. So right. I think it's just a really, uh, it could be a really wonderful boon to the museum. Well, you know, Orange County is such a unique county. Uh, we've discussed that here on the radio program before. It, it, it feels like to me that many, most of the cities in Orange County have become, have, are willing to be subservient to the idea that they're in Orange County. I can't. It's hard for me to think of another county in the country that identifies itself as Orange County, mm-hmm. right? But we do see ourselves as this. I think this giant melting pot mm-hmm. of of cities and communities and unincorporated areas, and so we have this identity of Orange County, which should really be cherished because it it mm-hmm. is. It's a very unique place, isn't it? It is a very unique place, and and the history really is so much for goes so much further back than the fifties and sixties, and that's I think so many people think that's kind of when we began. And we didn't. We started much earlier than that. Right. And I and I, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. They must have been a hard, a harsh kind of the people that could survive in Orange County during those times. <laughs> having been to your understanding the limited resources that they had, I hope they liked oranges. Although I do love the smell of orange blossoms. Right, <laughs> it's one of the best scents going. It is. Your it place is. must be just beautiful uh, during blossom season. It is. It is. Okay, so Very we've so. we've talked about the Heritage Museum of Orange County. 
how does it? How do people find you online if they're listening to it and going, "Well, I'd like to learn more about the museum." How do they Google you and find you? What's your URL? Uh, our URL is uh, heritagemuseumoc.org, and uh, wonderful website. We are also on Facebook, and you know we are always updating, and we have some new things that we're always adding. So. Well, keep, keep looking. Thank you. I'm sorry to talk over you, Candace, but right. I want to thank Candace Cromie, who is the executive director, and Jim Eckel, who is the director of development of Heritage Museum of Orange County, for one, being a friend of the program, and two, being a part of the critical mass business community. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rick. It's been for having, having you on the show. And continue your success with the museum. I can't wait to come to the Mag Farmhouse opening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show today. And when we come back, we'll have our second guest for the second segment. So stay tuned after these words from our sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. He used to pester me for a walk. Now, it's the other way around. Hoag Physicians perform more orthopedic procedures than any other hospital in Orange County. Our orthopedic program, in fact, ranks among the top five in the entire country. So whatever it is you live for, you can get back to it sooner. Because as it turns out, the best part of life is simply living it. Hoag for life. Visit us at www.hoag.org. 
It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. He used to pester me for a walk. Now, it's the other way around. Hoag's physicians perform more orthopedic procedures than any other hospital in Orange County. Our orthopedic program, in fact, ranks among the top five in the entire country. So whatever it is you live for, you can get back to it sooner. Because as it turns out, the best part of life is simply living it. Hoag for life. Visit us at www.hoag.org. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station OCTalkRadio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, or other business-oriented podcasting services. Okay, before the break, I told you that we'd have our second set of guests in the studio, and here we have two guests as well. So this is a wonderful day for us. We're interviewing four people in the space of two interview segments. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Bruce Berman, who is the director of the foundation, and Kevin McCauley, who is the foundation board member, and the foundation is the Golden West College Foundation. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you on the ha- behalf of Goldmas College Foundation I'm glad for having us here today. Yeah, it's our pleasure. I'm glad you're here. This is our nonprofit show. We like to give worthy organizations that are serving the needs and the opportunities and the people here in the county and in Southern California a chance. Why don't we start by kind of going back, though? Uh, Bruce, talk about your professional background that sort of predates your involvement with Golden West College Foundation. I'd be, I'd be happy to. I'm in a very unique position that for my entire work career, with the exception of two years, I've been in a community college environment. I am from Toronto, Canada, and I started off as a full professor teaching biochemistry microbiology, became an administrator, became the equivalent of vice president, and then moved to uh, other community colleges to continue the work in in advancement. I took a two-year period to work with an organization in in Los Angeles to help them raise $200 million so I could have more experience in a capital campaign. Sure. And then I I heard that Golden West College was looking for a new director for its foundation, and I thought, this is where I'd like to be. I'm very comfortable in the community college environment. It's key to the the economy and the success of every community. And I felt that I could go and work with them and make a difference. And that was when? In October of this year. Oh, great. Congratulations. Thank so you, you're sir. still in your honeymoon period then, huh? <laughs> That's What's a good old, thing. <laughs> right? Yes. All right. Kevin, can you give us a little bit of background? Sure. I've owned a local business, Salon Canvas, in Huntington Beach for well over 20 years now. And my grandma always taught me about giving back. So personally and professionally, I've always been involved in many organizations, charities, and attended numerous events through my career. And... As a business, I just think it's real important 
about the integral process of giving back. And in that, I think as a business, it's a win for all of us. Right. It's a win for the organization, your community, and also our business. Uh, I was approached uh, by a representative by Golden West College Board to sit on the board. And I, I've been on the board now a little over a year. And as sitting on the board, I've always been enthusiastic about education, but now I realize how overwhelmingly enthusiastic <laughs> I am about education. Well, that's great. And he is. He right. is very enthusiastic. Well, and, and Bruce, you said earlier that, that how important uh, the community college system is. And I was just having a meeting. I was at Brandman University, their sponsor for the program earlier today. And we were ta- I was talking to one of the deans of the, uh, the, dean of the business business school about how important the community college, how closely they work with the community college system to help the graduates of the community college system move in to continue their education. And and that is a very powerful dynamic that California has enjoyed for decades, right? A very robust community college system that was a feeder system for the for the four-year institutions. The four-year institutions get 53, the, the state four-year institutions get 53% of their enrollment from community college graduates. Wow. My wife... Um, didn't ha- she she had started to go back to school b- before we got married she didn't finish her aa after we had our second child she decided that she was going to pursue her career which is to be a teacher she went back to saddleback got her aa went to fullerton got her ba went to national and got her education certificate and credential and now she's that is a teacher. the beautiful thing about community colleges the access right right the access for all and the price point and the price point and remember too we are trade schools you know our trade schools and adult ed Right. You know, it serves a large part of our community when you think about the vast education that we that we offer there. So let's look at specifically at Golden West College and the right. foundation. So talk to me a little bit about the campus and what you offer, and then help me to understand how the foundation relates to the college. We are a, a small campus in, in certain respects, but we have 17,000 unduplicated headcount students. Wow. So we have a significant number of students spread out over 40-odd programs. I'm not exactly sure of the exact number of academic programs. It's not a test. But they've... (laughs) 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 That's a joke. We're all laughing now. But they they, they range from from associate degrees that are transferable to CSUs and UCs plus private universities. Right. And we have a robust uh, transfer program. We have degrees that I would call terminal degrees in that when you get your AA degree, you can go directly into the workforce Mm. and earn a substantially uh, good living. And then we have uh, adult education where people can come and take courses that they need to help improve their job prospects or keep them in the job they're in or just general interest subjects. Right. Yeah. Always working the mind. Right. Right. That's healthy. And so... The need for a foundation came about in the in the mid eighties at at Golden West to help supplement the operating budget that the college has so that we could offer a superb level of education, enabling our students to have incredible opportunities to either go into four year institutions or to go into the workforce. So how does the funding for commu- for your community college in particular, how does that work? Well, the funding comes from the state government, okay, and it's based to a large degree now on full-time enrollment, uh, FTES, mm-hmm. in essence, the full-time enrollment students we've got. I do know that the state government is looking at reconfiguring how they support post-secondary education, but I'm not sure exactly the direction that's going in. Right. Well, you know, there's a strong focus on the cost. You know, I, I have, my kids are now 
in their early 20s. And I look at that generation, and I'm, I marvel in a negative way, I guess, at how much student debt they're carrying forward. And I, I think one of the cost strategies is really powerful is to use the community college system to really help to reduce that cost burden that so many students feel when they go to a four-year public, let alone private institution, for four years. Well, especially right now in the news about talking about the the impact on these students that are leaving these universities with heavy burden debt and the impact on our communities and local economies of, you know, if they're saddled with more debt, that takes away from our economy. Right. right. Can't buy a house, can't buy cars, exactly. can't do all the things that are the feeders for right. the rest of everybody moving up kind of thing. So. The cost to attend a community college is very affordable. You're right. It, but for some, it still isn't. I mean, the, our students are made up of uh, married students who are working. Both parents are working, so they need to go to school when they're not working. So whatever they have to pay for, for tuition, fees, and books takes away from their everyday living expenses. Right. We have single parents. We have the whole range of students. And so they do need financial assistance. And since the inception of the college and the inception of the foundation in 1985, we have presented presented $4.7 million Hmm. in scholarships to our student base. Wow. Matter of fact, this year we gave $410,000 in scholarships to our students. Plus, we transferred $430,000 to support academic programs, to support our teachers, and to support our staff in various endeavors to increase the level of education the students get. My wife still speaks about how fine the education was. She went to Saddleback. I might have mentioned that earlier. If I didn't, that's that's community college she went to. About how great the education was at Saddleback. Uh, Fullerton was good, too. It was great, too. But, you know, it's a four-year institution, whatever. You kind of expect that as well. But she she marvels at the educational experience and the diversity of the classrooms at the community college level. I believe in diversity, and I think it's a better learning environment when you're not all cookie-cuttered out of the similar mold. And I think you have a much more rich, diverse culture in the community college section. Also, I think the foundation is the support. Like when I was watching the Olympics and I was uh, sharing with them about how these athletes had these parents talking about how they supported their kids to be these athletes. I found it kind of similar about how the foundation is the support for these students. And, you know, it's it's the support that makes us a stronger community. Right. And, and businesses, you know, we have CEOs of middle market companies that are listening, and I think there's a very strong link between education, continuing education in their workforce, and how their company remains vi- vibrant and vital in the marketplace. Well, one of the key, one of the key um, functions of a community college, regardless where they're located, is to assist business and industry in keeping their workforce current. So we do and are, are, are open to working with any business to providing them with the training to keep them a competitive company. Great. Well, we're going to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. When we come back, I'm going to ask Bruce Berman, who is the director of the foundation, to share with us his guiding principle for how he's leading and growing the foundation. We'll be back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. 
Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at EnergySavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. If you'd like to learn more, contact our advertising department at 949 949- 887-4104. Okay, it gives me great pleasure to come back to our two guests who are both from the Golden West College Foundation. Bruce Berman is the director of the foundation, and Kevin McCauley is a foundation board member. Uh, before the break, uh, Bruce, I said I was going to ask you to talk about your guiding principle that you're using to lead and grow the foundation. Would you share that with our audience? Absolutely. There, there isn't actually a single guiding principle. It's more a culmination of the experiences of I, I've had. For all but Two years of my working life, I've worked in a community college. And that has affected me in a tremendous way because we've been able to enable the transformation of thousands of students' of lives. And it's the ability to transform people's lives. Well, we don't transform their lives. We give them the opportunity right. and the tools to transform their lives. That's given me the impetus and the drive to do the things I do. So the guiding principle that I've always had is... What do we do to enhance the life of a student, regardless of their age, regardless of their program, so that they can attain the dreams that they want and live the life that they want? Because um, the other thing that I've observed, and tell me if this is a correct uh, opinion, the people that are, many of the students that are coming to the community college are coming seeking a better way of life. Not just it's the next thing to do after high school, which I think sometimes four-year colleges, maybe less as the cost goes up, but a lot of times it, you're sort of pre-programmed to, okay, I'm going to go to college now. And, but, but when many, because you have adults and you have people mid-career, you have people who, are, who realize they can do better, and this is their gateway to a different life, isn't it? The majority of our students are from their mid-20s and up. Okay. So they're not straight out of high school. So they're people that have been in the workforce. They're people that have recognized that, 
They want to change what they've been doing. They want a better life for them and their family. They want a better life for their community. Right, and they have all these other demands on their time, don't Absolutely. they? It's not like, yes. you know, mom and dad. Well, maybe in some cases, but it's a different world than going off to a four-year I, institution. I marvel at the student that's carrying a, a job and coming to school full-time or even part-time. Right. Well, I, I wanted to make sure we love time, and I'm glad we do, to, to talk about the event that you're hosting on April the 5th of this year. It is the Elmore Toyota 17th Annual Golden West College Gala. As I said, it's on April the 5th. And I'm wondering if you gentlemen could give us a sense for uh, the history of the event and 17th Annual. It's been around for some time. Talk to us about that gala, and if we were to go, what would we experience by being there? The highlight of your week. Okay. And maybe the month or maybe your life. The party of the century. Hey, hey. Uh, The Golden West College Gala is its premier fundraising event. We have many different ways of fundraising, but it's the premier event for fundraising. And the reason it's so important is that it gives us unrestricted funds, which means that we have the freedom to use them where they're most needed in the college for things such as scholarships, professional development of faculty, equipment in laboratories, things, again, that the college wouldn't normally have funds to provide. So because they're unrestricted, in other words, they don't have a dedicated purpose, it gives us the freedom to put them to where they can be used the most. The people who should attend, the guests that come to the gala, are those that care about the future of their communities. That's just about everybody. Why should they do that? Because they're supporting an educated workforce. And an educated workforce results in a very vibrant and successful community. The people who will be coming, some of them, are past and present community leaders, such as past and the present mayor of Huntington Beach, local CEOs uh, and business leaders of from within our, our catchment area, and, of course, our faithful community supporters. They attend for two main reasons. They attend because they want to support students, student success, because in the end it benefits the community they live in. Right. They also want to attend because our gala, is a spectacular party. At our gala, many, many galas, which are very, very good and and, and are events where you come and you listen to people talk and you hear awards and you go home. Ours is where you come by coming. We have a silent auction. You help people through that, but you have fun yourself. It's a great party. Yeah, uh, I was asked to be the chairman this year on the success of last year. I was, like I say, is new to the board, and, you know, with my enthusiasm, they attributed it to the success of the year, or the event last year. Okay. So I was honored to uh, take that task. So our gala, I'm really excited about. It's at the Waterfront Hilton, like you said, on April 5th. Uh Our theme is Dancing for the Stars, the stars being the students. We have two parts, our silent auction and our car raffle. Now, the Dancing for the Stars was to bring in the community. So I've asked five local community couples, leaders, to dance in our exhibition. So really proud to say we have great support from our mayor to our city council people to a community leader and to our student couple who's going to represent the students of GWC. How many people do you expect to attend? Uh, 350. 350 yeah. people? Is this a black tie event? It, you know, it's, gala? A, it's it's usually a, a dress-up event. Okay. Uh, this year, Dancing for the Stars, we're dressing up a little bit more with all the shine and glitz and glamour okay. of Hollywood. So basically, our, our car raffle, which is generously donated by Elmore Toyota for the past 10 years, and they give us the car 100%. Wow. It's all money for the college, which uh-huh. is just 
great. Right. And Elmore Toyota is very, very generous to GWC. This year, the Scion FRS, a little sports car. So we sell tickets for $100 a piece, okay. three for 250 We only sold 700 not only, we sold out last year at 100, or 750 So we're hoping to do that this year, sure. you know, or more. Those are good odds then, right? That's They're incredible odds. odds. I mean, that's, uh, wow. That's worth that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, Absolutely. so really, you know, thank you, Elmore Toyota. Our silent auction, I concentrate on, when I go to a silent auction, I want fun and different things Me to too. buy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we have some great staycations just so you can come and find some different places in our own little town. Yeah. Um, we also have a great wine room. Our event's known for our wines. Okay. So we have a great wine room. We're going to have a sommelier there this year oh. to explain our wines and explain wine. There'll be a great little added event. And our dancers, you know, dance competition or exhibition, I should say. And other people will be able to dance once. Is, oh, is well, dancing a part of the evening? Our, our event is actually all about dancing. Oh, okay. Like Bruce said, there's no long speeches, live auction. When you're, when you, I always tell my people, get a party at ten, and you have your own party because once you're in our ballroom, yeah. it's a party. Okay. So I always say, party with the academics; they know how to party. That's true. One one of the things I'd like to offer you, if you think it's appropriate, is I do go out as a part of Critical Mass Radio Show, and I interview the people who attend the gala. And then I bring the audio back, and Paul and I, the engineer, we cut it down and we replay that for those people that are listening who may want to go this year, but because they can't, they can at least kind of hear from the people that went. So if you want me to go, we can talk about that after the show's over. And then maybe I can have you guys back, and we can kind of relive that night um, yeah, for the audience. You know, okay? It's a great community event. My mission as being on the board was that I know that people just don't think about their community college. I've driven past that community college and, and until we got involved, and, and the more we're involved, the more you see of the integral part that it plays out in your community. I, I agree. So you get involved. Kind of take it for granted, don't you? Huh, yeah. Kevin? Yeah. All right. We got about two minutes left, and and Bruce, I, I have two things I want to ask you. One of them is, can you tell me about the future for the foundation? Right. All right. The foundation has a bright future. It has a bright future because the college has a lot of needs, and we'd like to support the college. <laughs> I like your optimism. <laughs> so, again, our purpose is to support the college financially and as well to bring the community in and out of the college and, and vice versa. And so our biggest challenge is to meet the financial needs of the students who attend the college and to meet the financial needs that the college's budget operating budget doesn't cover. Right. So to do that, we're increasing our major gift uh, approach to, to potential donors, and we're actually going to be taking on specific projects the college would like us to look at to support. You say some words funny, huh? You said projects right there. See, I heard the Canadian in you come on. Ah, <laughs> we don't say that down here, but that's good. I like that you didn't lose all your accent, Bruce. Uh, all right. Now, if someone says, well, I'd like to learn more about the community college and I'd like to learn more about the gala or gala, how do they find you online? Very easy. GWCgala.com. That will take you directly to the gala web pages. And on the web pages, there's information on how you purchase tickets, the location, the time, how you can become a sponsor if you want, and the benefits that accrue to you. There are application forms for buying tickets for the car raffle. Right. All the information you need is there. Right. And if you want to get a table and bring members of your Absolutely. company. Okay. Because I'm sure listening to this show, there are alumni, alumni of Golden West Community College. By the thousands. By the thousands. You're out there. So come on and support a good cause. That's a call. I want to thank you both for being thank friends for of the program. Us. And welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community. It was a, a pleasure learning more about the foundation and learning a little bit more about the college as well. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Everybody come. 
Yes. Anytime you want to learn more about Golden West, we're happy to share it with Come you. Come on down. Surf City. All right. Yeah, really, Huntington Beach. Got to love it. All right. I'm going to thank our commercial sponsors for the radio program. They are Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts, the new granddad, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or we'd like to refer a future guest, visit our website at criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions moves your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader. With your host, Richard Franzi. 